Hey, Queens, do you enjoy the Female Dating Strategy podcast? Then check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for extra bonus content, exclusive merchandise, a discord where you can talk to us directly and our newly launched feature, which is the twice monthly war room on the queen tier where our patrons can voice chat with us, the podcast hosts, as well as the other members. And we'll talk through your dating questions and life issues live and give you the most ruthless strategic advice that we can come up with. So check us out on patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. We've also launched a weekly newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter on our website, thefemaledatingstrategy.com. So lots of exciting things being launched right now. I hope you like it and we appreciate your support. So check us out. Let's start the show. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. So once again, this week's episode is a roast-to-scrode bonanza. Woo! And dating questions, for that matter. These are all questions slash comments slash stories that have been submitted by our Patreon subscribers, which we are going to read to you and give feedback and roast the ever-loving fuck out of anybody who deserves. Because <laughs> there's some weird feedback we've gotten that wasn't like, it's not a dating question. It's not a queen shit. It's not a roast of but we just want to talk about it. So let's jump right in. Let's get right to it. So our very first roast to comes from Kit. And she writes, a quick roast to scrot as a reminder to never ignore trusting your gut and definitely don't trust a scrot. This took place years ago when I worked as a receptionist at a car dealership. I was 22 and freshly single out of a terrible relationship I'd been in since I was 17. So I was timid about dating someone new, but pretty excited about being an adult in the dating world. Yeah, no, you should. <laughs> she's like, I'm excited about being an adult in the dating world. God, no. There was your first mistake. <laughs> Man, honestly, to be young and optimistic, I'm still in my 20s, so I'm still young, but like still like to be 22 and optimistic is like, yeah, oh, I miss those days. Because it makes you feel like you're a grown up finally when you feel like, okay, I'm in my 20s. I'm going to be out on the town. You know, you're free from your parents. So I get it. It's like a coming of age. So she writes next. So I had my scrotation going on before I knew to call it a scrotation. Okay, queen. So she already came out the gate you know, with a clue here, the head of the game. One guy I was interested in was my coworker with blue eyes and a very confident attitude. This was mistake number one. He was a salesman. So of course he was charming, charismatic, and funny. <laughs> Lilith, do you have something to add to that? <laughs> I will say all the guys that I've worked with in sales, I always used to say like, I am never going to date another guy in sales because all of these motherfuckers are like manipulative. They're liars. They all cheat. So many guys in my office, like, cheat on their wives like openly at work it's just very like fucked up so i'm like i would never date another guy who works in sales but my boyfriend literally has like the same like we met when we had the same job and so, <laughs> so uh, my boyfriend works in sales and i mean he's fine there's like some of them are okay but most of them are trash so i'm already biased against this man already at the beginning of this story he hang around the showroom floor while waiting for a customer to come in and would frequently hang out around my desk. We would flirt, but nothing too over the line. Just some back and forth, playful picking on each other and having inside jokes about work. Okay, so far, like, that's pretty normal, actually. I was interested, but found out from another coworker that he had a girlfriend he'd never mentioned to me before. Okay, time out. Okay, that's a red flag. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I just had a discussion not even a day ago about a coworker who 
had a girlfriend for a while that I knew him. I was not interested in him whatsoever. In fact, I thought he was closeted. I thought he was actually gay. So I didn't press because I was like, well, he's probably not talking about his personal life when other people do because he's got like, you know, maybe he's not comfortable coming out. Turns out he had like a whole girlfriend. And not only did he have a girlfriend, like he was actively abusive towards her. And it caused a bunch of... uh, like. a bunch of drama like in my uh social circle later so but this is a person i met at work so like it's kind of wild like somebody will work with you for years and if they don't want you to know they have a significant other you won't know it's just odd that's another thing i've always found very weird is like most of the guys at work that i know that are married i don't know that they're married from them like whenever we have conversations i know that they're married but they don't know that i know that they're married i'll find out from other people but like they'll still frame conversations like oh on the weekend i went to go do this event with my friends and like you know it's like his wife and his kid right but like they'll frame stories in a way to like leave out the fact that they're married right which is wild right like you have to start that from the beginning from like the first day you work there, you have to plan to never tell anybody about your wife or girlfriend. Or like, I'm the new person at my work, right? And so I'm just like, okay, so there's all these guys that are just like, they meet me and they're like, I'm not going to tell her that I have a wife. Oh, wow. I see. Yeah. But still. I hate men. Yeah, that's why I hate. That's like one of the many reasons why I hate men. But yeah. So while I still enjoy joking around, I lost all desire to pursue anything past that. He didn't seem to notice and eventually his girlfriend came to see him at work and it was no big deal. So I convinced myself that the flirting was just in my head and he must just be a friendly person. He was a salesman after all. They like that ambiguity in my experience. I previously worked in sales, so I know sometimes it's hard to switch out of that charismatic persona. This was mistake number two. Flash forward a few months and I no longer worked at the car dealership, not exactly my dream job anyways. After a couple of weeks of not being employed there, I get a Snapchat from the scrote. He added me on Snapchat while we worked together. It was more popular at the time. They didn't add me on any other social media. Yeah, Snapchat is like the specifically like the cheaters app. Yeah, definitely. So especially if they don't want to add you anywhere else on social media, like that's kind of odd. If it's just Snapchat, yeah, that's not good. I was sus, sure. After too many flirty comments during the small talk convo, I asked outright about his super serious girlfriend I knew he had. He sends me a sad face and told me they broke up recently. <sighs> sure. Lies. We're on a break. We're separated. Lies! Yeah. <laughs> I'm in an unhappy marriage. We haven't had sex in five years. I've heard it all. Okay? Like, <laughs> when I'm not saying these lies, I'm just like immediately reject that as a lie sad face i don't know what it is about emojis but only fuck boys use emojis you know what i'm saying yeah i use emojis all the time but i don't trust men that use emojis These, right i'm like suspicious of men that use emojis <laughs> i think it's because you feel like their communication's not going to be straightforward and you can feel the emotional manipulation behind it yeah i feel like when women communicate we want to convey emotions through text when women try to convey emotions through text, there's usually not a sinister reason for it. When men try to communicate emotions through text, I'm like, I feel emotionally manipulated. Yeah. And it just comes across as immature as well. Like, use your words, Scrooge. Exactly. With that out of the way, I gave myself permission to flirt back a little. He was cute and funny, so what was the harm? So we're texting back and forth, talking, and the conversation starts to heat up from flirting to sexting. If you read the conversation, you couldn't disagree. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with, like, turning the conversation sexual when a guy hasn't taken you out on a formal date. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for flirting, but... Yeah, I would say, like, it's a fine line because, like, the line between, like, flirting and, like, actually making it, like, raunchy is, like, 
I don't know, guys tend to push that line. I would just say something like, oh, you know, maybe we could hang out sometime or maybe you'd like to like say something to imply that I'd be okay with seeing him outside of work and see if he asks me on a date. And if he doesn't, then I just end the conversation because I don't want that shit in writing. Like <laughs> He was dropping heavy hints that he wanted to come see me that night, but didn't directly ask. So I didn't offer. Smartest decision I could have made. Yeah, no, I agree. Because maybe not even three days later, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see a video that tags someone I had added as a friend, some acquaintance I didn't remember adding. And coincidentally, it's the Scroats, quote, ex-girlfriend who posted it. Oh my God. Wait, you're friends with this ex-girlfriend on Facebook? What? She says it's a mutual friend. So someone else that she had added. Oh, and it pops up sometimes. Yeah. Tagged the girlfriend of this guy. Well, okay. Small world. Yeah. I recognize her face in the video of what looks like her birthday party or something. I was curious and kept watching. Then out of the corner of of the screen walks up, you probably already guessed, the guy who 72 hours ago was texting me about railing me in a bathroom. (laughs) In a bathroom? Honestly. (laughs) In a bathroom? Is that what you said, bro? Yes. Railing her in a bathroom. K romance. Oh, wow. So romantic. (laughs) Next to the dirty soap and uh, hair crumbs and used tampons and shit. Yeah, like gross. That's disgusting. I was quite shook. Like when I was active in like the BDSM community, like the number of men who just shamelessly flirt when they had a girlfriend and they would even say it in the same conversation. And then they would just be like, oh, we can have a threesome. I'm just like, fuck off. Oh, you know, we can watch, you know, my girlfriend can watch us fuck. I'm like, fuck off even more. That sounds not fun at all. Like why for anyone except for the man? Why would you do that? it honestly like honestly made me really really cynical and at one point i literally swore off men because it's like they're just so unashamedly oh i don't even know how to describe it they're just so unashamedly shameless about cheating on their girlfriend behind their back and when i even used to say to one of them so if you knew that your girlfriend was talking the way you're talking to me to another dom how would you feel and he was like oh i wouldn't like it i'm like there you fucking go then Like, it's just, honestly, never underestimate the lack of empathy that men have and the boundaries they have at the same time, especially low value men. They have some of the strongest boundaries because the behavior that, or like the way they treat women and their girlfriends, they will never tolerate that behavior if it was done to them. Mm, Of course not. Men are just greedy. That's the thing. Like men who cheat, they are just fucking greedy. Like they'll have a perfectly good wife at home or good girlfriend at home and they just want more. Right. And so I think that's why I think the solution is for women to be more greedy. Like I think it's okay for me to flirt. The way that I talk just normally is sort of flirtatious slightly. And um, if my boyfriend ever had a problem with that, I'd probably break up with him. But I, I have a problem with men who talk like that. So yeah, I support double standards like that. But it's also annoying, Lilith, because these men are so audacious. Like, they could literally look like they've come from the depths of Isengard from the orc pit and they'll still be trying to fucking flirt. It's so audacious. And these women, they are so much, you know, more attractive. They can easily attract more men. And it's like, you can barely attract one woman and you're treating her like shit. Like, that's just like, it's the audacity that gets to me. It really, yeah. Side note, I just gotta ask anybody want to chime in from our audience? Like, what is with the bathroom sex? Yeah, I don't get that. I've never had sex in a bathroom. So I worked at bars and bar bathrooms are always gross, even though people try to fuck in there occasionally. And I don't get it. I'm like, it literally smells like piss water and vomit. Like it doesn't get me in the mood. Like it doesn't make me horny to be there. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. Like you're better off trying to like sneak it in, like in the VIP section in the back. 
Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> if you're that horny and shit. Or, like, people having sex, like, behind the dumpster, you know, behind the bar. Like, just, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm Canadian and I'm spoiled and we have all these beautiful, amazing parks that you can go to have sex with. If you, if you want sex in public, just go to the forest, right? So having a bathroom, it's like, why? I just had a flashback of being maybe about 12 or 13 and walking past a bar sometime in the evening and, and watching some what looked to be a homeless woman blowing a homeless man. And I think that it might have been my first visual of like what that looked like <laughs> in the back of an alleyway. But yeah, I understand because they don't really have any place to go. But like if you have a place to go, why the bathroom? Yeah. Why the bathroom? Yeah. Or why like some? I, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. He walks up to her, kisses her, and smiles at the camera. The video was posted three hours ago, and the fucking cherry on top, he then spins around, gets down on one knee, and proposes to her. (gasps) No! Oh, shit! Recently broke up my ass. Yeah. Oh, fuck! That's like a plot twist I was not expecting! After I picked my jaw up off the floor, I used it to laugh my ass off. I didn't even bother to call him out. He clearly knew what he was doing. Block and delete. As for the other girl, I wish I could tell you I exposed him and saved the princess from the dragon, but he was calculating enough to use Snapchat where the messages disappear, so I had less than no proof. Also, checking out her socials, I saw she had some pretty misogynistic opinions on other women. Uh, yeah. See, when you see that shit, like, yeah, don't even bother. Yeah, I'm not sticking my neck out for you. Yeah, and she's going to blame you. She'll blame you and she just won't believe you. But at the same time, though, I'm still somewhat of a fan, even if they don't believe me. But at least I can just say, I told you that I used to all the time that I'd find out because like men are pretty fucking stupid, especially low value men. They would tell me like their girlfriend's socials, thinking that I would look at it to find her attractive so he could have a threesome and I'll just send her the screenshots. <laughs> what she did with that is not up to me. What she did with that was not up to me, but at least I told her because I just feel like if I am in a position to tell her and I don't, I feel like I'm complicit. Yeah, that's true. Also, you know, honestly, just cause chaos. <laughs> I mean, low value men, they rely on women's silence, you know, whether they're abusive or low value, they rely on women not saying anything, especially warning other women. So I don't want to be part of that culture i do generally say it is a good idea to warn women and sometimes even if she ends up being a shitty person it's like why not just cause chaos in their life anyways exactly and at least you've told her and at least you've told her like it's not like you're keeping it a secret yeah you've taken the moral high road so i gotta confess i didn't tell i actually had a building that used to live in and i was renting out my extra parking space to a neighbor who had a wife and kids and immediately when he came down to like, he would basically come down and give me rent for the parking space I was renting him every month. And then like every single time he would start to ask me out and I didn't say anything because they lived in the building. I don't know. I felt weird because they had like a kid. I really wanted to tell her like when I saw her, like your husband isn't shit, but I'd never figured out how to say it. And I was like kind of afraid of him being a psycho and then like stalking me. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you're stupid enough to try to like hit on someone who lives in your building. Yeah. That like literally lives in the same building. I mean, obviously I wouldn't, you know, recommend it if it's going to put the woman in harm's way. Definitely not. But, you know, where possible, I think that women, we just sort of need to have each other's backs. Even women who like the woman in this story, she's got misogynistic views, she's a pick me. But it's not so much about the individual woman. And it's more about, you know, rejecting this idea that if a guy is shitty, that we have to keep it to ourselves. Because ultimately that only benefits the shitty men in society. It's true. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to blow up this spot. Like, how would you have done it? Just commented on the video? I feel like I would just comment on the video. 
No, no, I would have, again, like the BDSM, I would have just gone along with his bullshit and then either just outrightly asked you on a threesome or something, you know, can I see what your girlfriend looks like or something like that? And then just did it that way. That's what I did. And men are stupid as hell, especially when they think there is a threesome at the end of it. That's what works for me. They would always give it up anyway. And then I'll just go and like send her the screenshot saying, like, by the way, you know, this is what your dom's doing. I thought you should know about it. Honestly, like there's so many married men that make flirty comments towards me or that hit on me, but they never like leave it. I've not had an opportunity where it's in writing. Most of these guys are smart, like especially the older guys, like they know not to leave that shit in writing. At least the guys that I like at my work and stuff. Unlike Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've not had that many opportunities to... To blow up a scrape's life. <laughs> I'm actually trying to think, like, have there been missed opportunities where I could have blown up a guy's life and I didn't? I mean, there's ones that were like unrelated to like cheating, but the cheating specific ones, like, I mean, I've never like flirted with like, I, I've never knowingly had a relationship with a married guy. I've heard of cases where you know, the other woman, she has a relationship with a man. She knows that he's married. And then when the relationship doesn't work out, that only then she'll tell the wife or whatever as like a, well, fuck you, like as a retaliatory thing kind of thing. So I've heard of that happening, but I've never knowingly had dated a married man. Like maybe there's been guys that like turn out to be married after the fact and stuff. But like, you know, that wasn't really, the opportunity has not yet presented itself to me, at least not in a way that would like you know, I feel like if I were to complain about every married guy that flirted with me, I would just like totally toast my connections and like, you know, burn it down, <laughs> burn it all down. <laughs> I mean, my life would be like, you know, people would think I'm a, a bitch and I'd be like, you know, there'd be so many people I'd be complaining about that it would just end up reflecting negatively on me. You know what I mean? So it's tough. That's something for me to think about more because I do enjoy ruining men's lives. I'm trying to think, how do I do it in a way that doesn't ruin my life? Right. That's really what it came down to, right? Because the multitude of times where I had a guy try to talk to me on the sly when he I knew he had a girlfriend it was like it, this would be more of a problem for me and I'm like I'm sure your girlfriend knows because of how like ancient you are in front of a lot of people right because like some guys just aren't even sneaky and that's what's fucked up right it's confusing but anyways so we continue I don't know her and I don't want to judge but if you asked me I'd say she gave big pick me vibes so I couldn't do much to help I'm sure he's out there somewhere reoffending, and she'll know soon enough yeah and that's just sad to be honest that just seems to be it's just so common yeah no her story checks out i know guys like that at my work all the time that's why i always used to say i'd never date a guy in sales it's like dating a cop like they're just like (laughs) they're fundamentally flawed like (laughs) i feel like the sort of person who's drawn to this career like they just have a certain underlying personality that makes them not desirable as a partner but yeah Alrighty, so thanks, Kit, for that roast to scrote, the fucking audacity of that man. Next up, we have a dating question from Anonymous. And the question asks, when would you end a marriage versus a relationship? Do you think marriages are worth doing more work and making more exceptions for after the initial vetting process? My husband has gotten more conservative the longer we have been married, three years, and I've become more liberal. I've never been one to equate politics with my ability to connect with someone as long as the core value of caring for people and respecting humanity is there. I feel like with COVID, the right-wing media propaganda sucked him in deep. That's tough, yeah. He started to say insensitive things. I'll give examples without the context. He says things lightheartedly, but it disturbs me because they are aligning with his beliefs. So he'll say, well, my vote cancels out your vote anyway, so it doesn't matter what you do. You're slipping, referencing our shared faith because you are pro-choice. What? Do you believe old men can marry children now too? I don't understand that, what he's trying to say here. That's what he said? 
He says, well, my vote cancels out your vote anyways, so it doesn't matter what you do. I'm assuming the second sentence is her responding, saying, you're slipping, referencing our shared faith because you are pro-choice. What? Do you believe old men can marry children now, too? Uh, what the? I'm so confused. What? Yeah, I'm a little bit confused, too. Sorry, Opie. Most disturbingly, as of late, in so many words, he said, I'll be able to be kinder to you if you sleep with me more. It's hard for me to want to be kind if we aren't having sex. Man, fuck this dude. No, okay. Your husband's literally abusive. Fuck this guy. No, dude. Let me tell you why this pisses me off so much. Because this is like, if they're like Christian, this sounds like there are some flavor of uh, Christian. All of the Christian books are all about how like women owe men sex and that like these guys like won't be nice to them and like it's basically justifying men's emotional abuse if women don't have sex with them. And I'm like, what is sex about a guy trying to emotionally manipulate you into sex. Nothing. So if he's getting into right-wing propaganda, he's absolutely on the path where they're telling him, like, if your wife doesn't have sex with you this amount of times, she's not doing her God-given duty. <laughs> like, God made one man and one female, you know. <laughs> I love that accent, Rob. Please do that voice. Rob. Male and female, he created them. You know, like <laughs> I think also the Christianity today is just such a crapshoot of what it should be because even though it's often, you know, commonly believed that the Bible is very anti sex and it's very, you know, one sided towards the man, which part of it is true. But at the same time, there's also like an entire book. I think it's called The Song of Solomon. That's basically about a man and a woman just enjoying each other's bodies, having really cool sex, being really romantic. I mean, it's just Bible porn though. <laughs> Bible porn? What? <laughs> I mean, but it's interesting, but that is never taught in sermons. That book is ignored in sermons. You know, why is that? But then you hear from idiots like Paul the Apostle. He was like, you can only not have sex if you both agree that you don't want to have it. So basically, if a woman doesn't want to have sex with her husband anymore for whatever reason, like she needs his mutual agreement before they can stop having sex. Like, I think Paul was a slight incel, to be honest, from the sounds of it. 100% incel. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But it's just like, you know, why is that book? It was basically like, because I basically read the Bible in a year when I was super religious. And I was honestly shocked at that book because it's so different to what we know or to what Christianity nowadays teaches about sex. I've never heard of that book until I read the whole thing. And I'm like, damn. So the Bible isn't anti-sex in the way that is taught. I mean, I learned about Song of Solomon and they do put that, it's like the, basically the long, like a uh, gratuitous description of sex and like a woman's body that Solomon does. But again, I just feel like it's biblical porn. Like it just feels like <laughs> some scrote that's just like describing his wife in like this mad, like sexual way that we're supposed to feel like is inspiring, but it still feels like objectifying as hell to me. Yeah, I get that. Okay, I'm reading it now. It's not that long. Can I just read the like first few lines? Because that's really all. Just to give a uh, little teaser to the listeners who are like, what the fuck are they talking about? It's like, the Song of Songs of Solomon, the bride confesses her love. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Fragrant? A fragrant. <laughs> fragrant. Fragrant. What's wrong with my pronunciation? <laughs> fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's in the Bible? Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah, this, doesn't this just sound like some fake like porn set up to you? Like, it just sounds like some fake dialogue they're giving to a woman to set up the rest of the shit where he just goes in about her body. I guess it was more, though, like the way, I don't know. I mean, for me, though, I still think that book or that narrative 
it basically stands apart from the way like sex is subsequently taught about in the bible because it's the only even though i guess biblically like looking back it still has a very very misogynistic spin but it seems to be the only part of the bible where sex can be somewhat enjoyable for the woman and it can be a mutual activity so when he starts talking about her body and the stuff that they're doing it seems like the most mutual exchange if you see what i mean anytime you know sex is like spoken about anywhere else in the bible it's basically don't do it and if it is like spoken about in the context of a marriage it still has so many rules god will smite you that yeah basically like sodom and gomorrah (laughs) okay i read ahead some more it was like my beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh that lies between my breasts whoa there's more like you go to like i think it's chapter seven it's like I don't even know the chapters. That's what Your rounded thighs are like jewels, oh. the work of a master hand. Your navel is a rounded bowl that never lacks mixed wine. Your belly is a heap of wheat encircled with lilies. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Isn't that cute? Did you memorize that? Or are you reading that? No, I'm reading. Oh, hell no, I didn't memorize this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading it. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. We just read Bible porn. Anyways. <laughs> I was like every time I read this it's like she's like yeah you know the woman just seems very passive and then like he's like all like it just sounds like a very pornographic description to me but I mean I stand no I'm kidding I stand bible porn (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't read the whole thing but I just think me as a godless heathen I love the juxtaposition of like bible porn I don't know why that's just like delightful to me I'm just I just learned this for the first time today so thank you (laughs) It's such a juxtaposition to like the general doom and gloom of sex ed in the Bible. I just find it so different. Exactly. Thy two breasts are like two young rows that are twins. I mean, this is incel like porn shit. But where do incels comment on women's breasts though, apart from when they want to tear us down? The joints of thy thighs are like jewels, the work of the hands of a cunning worksman. Like... I mean, I kind of think that's adorable in a way. Like the the, the whole like my lover is like a sachet of myrrh between my breasts. I was like, whoa, okay, that's like some steamy shit. But like, yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, okay. Uh, anyways, back to the question. I love how every time someone asks a question, we want a random tangent. Anyways, hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> It's just to bring everyone else up to speed about the Bible and like what we're talking about when we're talking about how the Bible talks about sex. So let's just finish the discussion, then we'll talk about some more of the details. But the reason why I went off is because I was like, oh yeah, that's a massive red flag. I'll be able to be kinder to you if you sleep with me more. It's hard for me to want to be kind if you aren't having sex. That's the last sentence I said. That's like really coercive, actually. And so OP writes, truthfully, I'm very torn. If these things happen in a dating relationship, of course, I'd end it. I'm very dependent on him having no family besides a brother who has offered his house if I decide to move out. Furthermore, me and my husband have a mortgage together and the cherry on top. He put 50K of our 65K savings into crypto. Oh, Lord. No. Oh, no. Okay. I'm 25 and he's 31. We met when I was 21 and we got married by 22. Dress laughing because this sounds like the horror story you read on our relationships, but it's my life. Goodness. So basically they got married when she was 22 and he was 28. Mm, That's slightly problematic. Yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, he's six years older than her. So yeah, so like... I think if it's more than a five-year age gap and one of the parties is under 25, I'm kind of sus. I was going to say that same. Because at 22, you're still like... Ugh, I couldn't fathom. You're still mentally a child. 
I meet like 22 year old guys at work and I'm their boss. And these like guys are flirting with me, but they're like children to me. Like the idea of anything happening between me and them just makes me feel dirty. Right. And so I'm like, how do men, you know, the genders are reversed, but the age gap is the same. Like, how do they rationalize that to themselves? It's disgusting. So to answer your question, I guess we'll dissect with when would you end a marriage versus a relationship? In this case, these are massive, massive red flags, like him going down the red pill. This definitely sounds like a guy who's getting red pilled. And then he was really dumb enough to put your savings in crypto. (laughs) So he's the type of person that is ripe for that kind of grift. So it makes me worried for both his like general judgment as a person, as well as the fact that he's specifically going down this red pill path. So I'm like, personally, I would abandon ship. But I also think maybe if he hasn't shown anything up until this, like maybe might be able to figure out if it's temporary and maybe go to counseling, like attempt to go to counseling and just like steer his heads out and see if he can snap out of it. But like with the age gap and him specifically falling for this shit makes me feel he's either maybe massively too immature to be married and also that he may get worse, in which case that's going to be very dangerous for you. So I would definitely be like secretly planning to my escape. This doesn't read to me like you have to leave right now, but you should definitely like start giving yourself an escape hatch. And then at the time, like tell him like, we need to go to counseling. Like this is unacceptable. Like set a boundary. I don't think counseling is a good idea. I would temporarily separate, honestly. I think this is the chronic issue and counselling, especially when there is clearly abuse going on, it's too late. Like, it's not going to work. And I partly think that this is sort of where I, I mean, I guess I personally don't like see, because I personally see marriage as like purely a business decision. That's not that I'm not going to love the person that I marry, but I wouldn't like marry like somebody unless there was a financial benefit to it. So I see it a bit differently, but I believe that if the terms of the marriage have been broken, which they have been in that he's not the person that you thought he was, he's abusing you, then it's completely okay to walk away just without working on the, or like, for example, working on the relationship with quotation marks at all. Because by sending in this question, it's clear that she has tried to figure it out, that she's trying to, I guess, adapt her behavior to what he is doing, and it hasn't worked. So to be honest, I'd even say just abandon ship. Like, you're young, you can start again. Don't get sucked into the whole, I don't want to get divorced. And you know what, part of the reason why I think divorce stigma tends to be worse towards women is that divorce is a way out for women out of shitty marriages. And so if society stigmatizes, you know, women getting divorced, like women are less likely going to see it as a way out of a shitty relationship. And again, who does that benefit? Shitty men. So I'll just abandon ships this. Yeah, you're, she's 26. Oh, she's 25. She's young. Yeah, you got lots of time to find a new husband. She's young. Get out now. The only reason I say like try marital counseling is like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you marry someone and if they're not like, if you don't feel like they're a danger to you, like maybe you owe it to your spouse. I don't know if I, I maybe personally feel that way to like try one more time than you would in a relationship you weren't married. Yeah, the original question. Okay, so the original question was like, you know, if you're if there's something wrong with your husband, do you like what was the original question? It was like, do you put more effort into trying to fix an imperfect relationship? Yeah. Do you think when would you end a marriage versus relationship? Do you think marriages are worth doing more work and making more exceptions for after the initial vetting process? So I want to reframe the question a little bit, because the reason why we have the vetting with FDS is to try to prevent a situation where you're in a marriage and you're like, this is a guy where if we were dating, I'd break up with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So the goal, it's like, if you're in this situation, it's almost like, I wouldn't say it's too late, but I would say that, you know, if you're married and you're finding yourself like, oh, this person has traits that if we were dating, I would break up with them. Like if it was minor, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like, what's a minor thing that I would tolerate in marriage, but would break up with in dating. I can't think of a single example, right? But if it's something like petty, like, and you have kids and a house together, then maybe, okay, yeah. If it's like small and it's not related to abuse and it's not driving you crazy or anything like that, then okay, maybe, yeah, you learn to put up, maybe. But like, I'm talking about like small things, like, I don't know, they wear mismatching prints or something like, you know, really petty, right? Not like fundamental, like disrespect. I gambled all our life savings on bullshit. Yeah, actually, that actually makes me most mad. (laughs) The biggest thing actually, and I wanted to follow up with what Savannah said about seeing marriage as a business contract. That's the other thing is you are allowed to walk from an unfavorable business relationship. It happens in business all the time, actually. Uh, Companies dissolve, partners quit. It's harder, but it does happen, right? And it does happen all the time where businesses, you know, people will decide to partner up and have a business together. And then if one person makes an extremely bad financial decision without consulting the other partner, yeah, a lot of the times the business like ends, like they decide the partner that was scorned decides like, fuck this, like we can't recover from this or they decide to walk away, right? That happens all the time, actually. So yeah, I think honestly, just the whole 50,000 in crypto alone, that would be like, imagine if you paired up with someone to start a restaurant, and then they decided to like, I don't know, order $50,000 of like food that was you end up having to throw away because of a stupid decision or something. I don't know, like imagine wasting that much money, and then you're both fucked. It's like, may as well at that point, just sell the business, try to recoup your loss as much as you can and move on. At that point, the business relationship is damaged. You can't continue working together, honestly, at that point. I think for me, I just draw the line if there's any hint of abuse. If you're dating somebody or in a marriage, it's like that's a death blow to the relationship because abusive people don't change. Like this is the number one thing that Lindy Bancroft said is that they do not change. So there is no point sticking around because it will only get worse. So I think you can work on issues of marriage. Absolutely. As long as there is not abuse in the marriage or in the relationship. If it's abuse, then it's you need to discard it, I'd say. Yeah, the line about, like, I would treat you better if you had sex with me more, that's coercive control. Like, dumb. Immediately. It's coercive. And the fact that I wouldn't be surprised if this guy eventually baby-trapped her because he's saying things like, oh, because you're pro-choice. So he's assuming, I'm assuming that he's not pro-choice. It's also when she says, you know, my husband, that he's gotten more conservative the longer we've been married. So his views are getting worse over time. This isn't someone you have a future with, I'm sorry. Or a happy future with. I think I agree with you guys. And I might actually change my answer to be like, it is since she's saying like, she's kind of dependent on him right now. I'm trying to give you like some, buy you some time here, but like you definitely probably need to wrap this marriage the fuck up um, because the biggest red flags, just take your brother's house and bail. Yeah. And the other thing too is he's, if he's this financially irresponsible and you're still married, it could affect you as well. So I think in this case, like reading this, like it's obvious that this marriage is not beneficial for you anymore. The question is, is like, do you owe him anything at all? And like, I think Liz Savannah saying like, no, fuck it. Uh, jump ship actually in agreement with, with them. Do not have a baby with him at all. Don't have a baby with him at all. Especially not like this yet. Cause you'll be stuck. That'd probably be like the only thing. Here's the thing. If you're married and you don't have kids together, I'm so quick to, I'm like so quick to be like divorced. Like, it's so much easier when you don't have kids. Once you have kids, it's a lot more difficult. And, you know, yeah, it can, divorce can traumatize the kids. So you have to like weigh the cost. You have to do your own cost benefit analysis. Like does the potential harms 
is the marriage like you know so bad enough that like it outweighs the potential harms of like divorce then yes divorce like the harms are so high like you know to stay together would be more harmful than to divorce does that make sense yeah. So you have no kids. You're still more than young enough to get remarried and have more kids if you want to. He's irresponsible with money and he's spiraling into the red pill conservative manosphere. Like all of those are terrifying, but also like gives you, it gives you more of a reason to end the marriage with little consequence to yourself. So I think you should wrap this marriage up. Honestly, like you're 25, you're young. You can, you can find a non-scrope to settle down. Yeah. And the age gap was never good. It doesn't have to be like, you don't have to see like, I'm also a big proponent of like not seeing relationships as having to last forever or even a long time or a life sentence. Like the minute a relationship stops being, you know, enjoyable or fun for me or the work starts outweighing any benefits, I'm gone. And I don't think that it isn't a failure to bail on a relationship that isn't working for you, in my opinion. Yeah, leave and then like absolutely fleece him in court so he can call in the manosphere and talk about how the FDS bitches told his ex-wife to divorce rape him. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, good luck, sis. So yeah, this guy can get fucked. Yeah, uh, good luck, sis. Yeah, good luck, sis. And keep yourself safe. Yeah, keep yourself safe. Yeah, let us know what happened. We're kind of curious too, because we've given our advice here. Let us know what you did. And we're rooting for you. So all the best, sis. Yeah, I think I'm I'm switching to you guys. It's like get rid of this motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> fuck this guy. Yeah, <laughs> actually, don't fuck this guy. Do the opposite. Yeah, fuck this guy. Like you don't got kids. Like he's he's about to spend all your life savings. He's gonna be one of these guys on the manosphere, just being like, oh, like the yeah, like you said, these FDS bitches like told my ex bitch ex wife to you know <laughs> divorce rape me. Oh, my life is so horrible. Like yeah, I'm gonna go dread game some twenty year old. Like dread game some twenty year old. It sounds like she's financially dependent on him, but like if your brother's giving you an escape hatch, yeah, take it. Yeah. And if you need to buy yourself time because you really don't have any money to stand in your own two feet, then like buy yourself time with counseling, but try to end your marriage like behind the scenes. All right. So we have next on the docket is a skirt strike back question from David. If a man is looking for a casual relationship, is that a red flag? What does anyone who isn't me understand looking for a casual relationship to mean? So, I mean, my number one problem with men who are seeking casual, quote unquote, casual relationships is that they're basically just like using women for sex. Like they're basically using women as like a, you know, a hole that they can stick their dick into. They generally don't care about the woman's pleasure. They just want to get off. Right. I've said before, like, again, I support double standards against men between men and women. It's only fair because we live in an unequal world. So I think it's fine if women want a casual relationship. I think it's fine to use men for sex, but I think it's not nice for men to use women for sex. And so I immediately don't trust men who are looking for casual relationships. I mean, I actually agreed with that, Lilith. So before we jumped on this call, I was like, well, I don't think it matters as long as he's honest. But actually, I've been like, listened to what Lilith said and the way men talk about the women they are in casual relationships with. So they have no respect for them. They don't see any any reason to make sure that they're sexually satisfied. I actually agree as well. And then the other thing like with casual sex is that it lowers the bar for all men because the bar of entry is generally quite low. They then carry that around with them as well and project that onto other women, like generally speaking too. And another thing is that a lot of men, because they don't have the sexual or the Casanova capital to outright demand casual a casual relationship from a woman because she'll tell him to get fucked or to not get fucked, they often resort to 
perception to get their casual sex. So this is where you get things like situationships. This is where you get even, you know, some, you know, men, they will get into relationships in quotation marks just to have a guaranteed pussy supply, but it's a relationship in all but name. Everything about it is casual. So she won't meet his family. She's not going to put on his social media. He's still acting single. Yeah, he's acting single. He'll start talking about Polly and all that shit. So I just think that ultimately, because again, like Lila said, the sexual dynamic is so, in a way, it's completely stacked against men's favor. If they do want a casual relationship, almost 10 times out of 10, they're going to have to resort to some sort of deception or manipulation of women to get that relationship. And so that's why I'm like, the fact that they have to lie to get casual sex is another reason why I don't trust. Again, I'm justified in not trusting men who want casual relationships. And also it's like, why would you want just a casual relationship? Like, what about a serious relationship is it that you don't want? The only situation I can think of is like, you know, maybe you're planning on moving in like six months to a year or something, but you still want to like date. I could sort of see that if there's like an inherent time limit, like just the circumstances of your life change or something like that, maybe. But like, or if you have a job that involves traveling a lot and, you know, you're not in the same place for a long time, I can maybe understand that. But if you're living in the same city, you're not planning on moving. What is it about a serious relationship? Like what traits of a serious relationship do you not want? It sort of speaks to that. Their value system, right? It does. And it also indicates they've got issues with attachment. Like it's well documented in research that people who actively seek out casual relationships, their ability to bond with intimate partners is compromised. Like so, and all of the guys who I knew who went into casual relationships, they had serious problems with attachment and being a stable partner for women because ultimately getting into that sort of relationship especially repeatedly is going to limit your ability to effectively pair bond with another person and so even when they did find somebody that they really really liked and got into a relationship with they would jeopardize it by saying can we have an open relationship for example you want to know the funny thing so the men in the manosphere they've been saying for years like oh women with a body count above two or whatever are incapable of pair bonding with men yada 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 this idea of like women with a high body count can't bond with you know can't pair bond or whatever is a complete projection i've actually found the opposite to be true i found like (laughs) women who were like virginal and stuff when they were younger when they get married and they get older that's when they cheat because they didn't have their hoe phase when they were younger right it's like you have to have your hope (laughs) i don't think you have to have a hoe phase by the way but i do notice you know men complain like oh my my girl was like wild when she was younger now she wants to settle down yada 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 i mean i think that's a pretty normal life trajectory it's like For women, it's like you realize, oh, all this like casual sex wasn't worth it. What really matters is like love and connection and having someone that you can share life with and stuff, right? I find with men, it's the opposite. They tend to, when men go through a hoe phase, it actually does affect their ability to pair bond. This whole idea that women can't pair bond if they have a certain body count is complete projection. Anyways, where where, we got off off topic. Where, what was the question? Sorry. So his question is just like, is a red flag? And then the answer is, yeah. Like, I think for 90% of women, they're going to see that as a red flag because it's always an uneven exchange, right? Like there's just so many men who want to keep it casual, so to speak, and they're all not worth, their dick is not worth the skin that it contains. I fucked that <laughs> joke up. Like their dick is not, <laughs> their dick is not worth the skin it's stitched together with. So yeah. <laughs> Anybody who is going to understand a casual relationship is like free prostitution. Like, you know, guys who want a casual relationship, they kind of remind me of those people who go around with like coupons trying to get as much shit as they can for free. (laughs) Like, that's like their energy, right? Like, how can I get as much as I can? How can I maximally benefit myself and not have to pay anything? I only want to receive. I don't want to give. 
that's what guys who are looking for casual relationships are like. Like, it's like just weird. It's cringy. I mean, it's not weird because it's actually very common, but I just think those people are, I don't relate to them. I don't like get them, you know? Okay. So we answered that question from David. So before we wrap, we're going to add one little feature to this. Just one little freebie. Little freebie on our end, which is like roasting the funniest reasons why people quit our Patreon. Yeah. Most people quit our Patreon for financial reasons. And I understand that, you know, it's a tough economy. So no hate there. But some people quit the Patreon for literally the dumbest fucking reasons. And this is the probably the stupidest one, actually. And I just wanted to laugh at it. So this person canceled this because we made fun of Alec Vade Menon. So she writes, making fun of Alec V. Menon, what did they ever do to you? You mentioned the unfairness of punching down in the Will Smith episode. I see that as a punch down. Have you read their writings? Unfortunately, some of it, and yes, and it's a problem, but we'll get into that. Didn't this Alec Vade Menon person say that like little girls can be kinky and that like little girls have sexual desires and stuff? Like this guy's a fucking like groomer. Like I know this word's been banned from social media, but it's like this person's a creep. <laughs> if you don't know who Alec Vade Menon is, they are a non binary They are a non-binary performance artist. Looks like Fozzie Bear got hit with a clown makeup gun. <laughs> yeah. Like, is the best way I could try to describe the way Alec Vade Menon looks like. Just everything they do is offensive to the senses. Yeah. Here's the thing. I actually don't mind if men want to wear dresses or wear makeup and stuff, but it's like, what gets me is that if a woman dressed like Alec Vade Menon, she'd get like dragged to oblivion. And Lilith, Alec is not a man. Yeah. Alec is a they. Is a they. Is a... <laughs> I find it's like, okay, I just find it offensive with this, like, your eyes can recognize the male secondary sex characteristics, right? I don't like the power move of being made to pretend to, like, I don't see what my eyes see, you know? Anyways, so this person will just wear, like, the ugliest fucking dresses, like, different colors, mismatching prints, like, literally, like, ill-fitting. If a woman dressed like that, she'd be dragged to oblivion. She'd, like, go viral for being, like, how, for, oh, she's so ugly, whatever. You know, people would cyberbully her. And the gaudy makeup as well, like, it's just, who are you kidding? I'm just offended that, like, a male can dress this way and, like, be hugboxed and, like, yes, oh my god, queen, like, celebrating diversity, yada, 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 kind of thing. So that's why I, I know this person canceled because we made fun of this person. I just wanted to double down on making fun of this person. Let me just read the rest of this comment and we'll just go back in on Alec Vade Menon. So I think it's actually a Loke Vade Menon. A loke, yeah. There's a compelling reason for their not shaving. For the quirky fashion, trans and NB people face as much discrimination in society as cishet women do. So to hear you all cackling about it was disappointing and un- unnecessary. I'm not sure if you all just haven't done your research as deeply on queer issues as women's issues, or you have and you just do not care. Not sure which is worse. I really appreciated everything you posted, but when I think about you pumping trans people in with the misogynistic men and saying they make everything about them, it gives me an uncomfortable cognitive dissonance, which I don't won't maintain says you're gonna get grifted by men your whole life yeah like i'm reading this and i'm like if you can't tell that alec vade menon alok vade menon is taking the piss and this is entirely a grift (laughs) i i don't understand these women where they'll like they'll agree with fds like yeah like men lie like you shouldn't believe what men said yeah men exploit women men lie they are sexually depraved whatever but as soon as a man says oh i'm non-binary i'm a woman they just like believe them right are you that fucking gullible right? Yeah. Like, how can you mistrust men? And then the moment they say that one thing, it's like, 
okay, now I believe you, right? The moment they change their pronouns, it's like, oh, so oppressed. Poor you, please. Yeah. Let me be clear. We're going to read a few excerpts of the things that Alok Fademen has written that are extremely problematic. Okay. Do you have some samples? I think all the rest of the work you do is really important. It's worth noting that I'm thinking about all the other media sources and considering what area of life or social issue they allow that's harmful in some way. Obviously, one person can't advocate for everything all at once, but it's also possible to be pro something and not bash something else. One more point I'd like to make is that if you read Alok V. Menon's responses to the mocking or hateful comments on their Instagram page, they're the total opposite of FDS. Pretty wild. Anyways, I don't know if you'll read this and I probably won't find out. I hope if you read this message, it becomes something you can learn from or grow from instead of just laughing at my preferences or sensitivity. To be honest, knowing the way cis men screw over trans women, they could benefit from this advice. Wishing you the best. First of all, Alok V. Menon and is not trans. They're non-binary. They're not transitioned. They've never said they're transitioned. They're just like that kind of femme quote presenting male person. So I think that's an important distinction because once again, it feels more or less, it feels like a grift, right? So this is a person who said very, very problematic things. Yeah. I don't know. Have you heard of like, you know, Stefankny or other like, you know, woo-woo people? And it's like, And then wrote an entire article like guilt tripping the queer community because they couldn't get laid, basically saying that they were being discriminated against by males because they didn't want to have sex with a person who clearly has some kind of personality disorder and is grifting everybody. Honestly, seems like they're actively trying to make themselves physically repulsive to everybody. That's the thing. I feel like Alok and then there's the other non-binary performer or whatever. I can't remember their name, but that was in the like the same article about like, why can't my queer friends get laid article that one, or why can't my non-binary queer friends get laid kind of question. It's like, it almost feels like a power move on their part to be that repulsive and still expect sex. That's just male entitlement, right? A woman who's that unattractive wouldn't be like, you know, why won't men fuck me? I don't know. Some maybe will do like the, I don't know. Are there women who do the whole like, oh, it's like bigotry for you to not fuck me. I feel like women mostly just hate themselves and get a fucking eating disorder or whatever. Or become femme cells. But yeah, no, I mean, in this particular instance, I just kind of felt like if you believe everything a male person says to you at face value and never critique it, like you're going to keep getting manipulated. I thought it was particularly weird. And I don't even remember the comment we made about Olaf Menon, but I thought this is like a hilarious reason to cancel only because of the fact that like, yeah, if you're the type of person that's going to follow that person like uncritically then it's probably best that you also quite frankly stop expecting us to be nice people okay we've been very upfront about that we're bitches okay like we are not like we don't dance around people's feelings except for maybe like women have been you know abused and so on right like we'll feel compassion for women uh for female people right but stop expecting us to be compassionate towards males okay except for maybe like literal children who are innocent victims of male violence, that kind of stuff. I'll feel compassion for boy, like children, but like adult men, no, like. It's because women conflate being nice with being kind and they're not the same thing. Being nice is a passive thing. Being kind involves speaking the truth and having boundaries. So being nice as a woman is not going to get you any awards. And if you think about this whole, you know, people like Alok, they were propped up by primarily women for the longest time. Like it was primarily women who were accepting of all this stuff. And now a lot of these women have now become critical of that thing. You know, why do you think that is? Are all these women like hateful bitches who are turfs who turned overnight? Or have they realized that it is a deeply misogynistic and grifting thing that he's doing? 
Yeah. So this is like the statement that I think pissed a lot of the the, the female feminists off <laughs> where uh, Alok Vedmenon was saying this type of legal carceral culture relies on two things, the construction of morally abhorrent perpetrators and scapegoats and the production of, of pure innocent victims. In this case, and as in so many cases in the past, those victims are archetypical white cis innocent little girls. We totally need to challenge that white Christian supremacist right-wing rhetoric around trans bodies, absolutely. But we also need to seriously overhaul the idea that there is a perfect victim anywhere. I believe in the radical notion that little girls, like the rest of us, are complicated people. There are no fairy tales and no princesses here. Little girls are also queer, trans, kinky, deviant, kind, mean, beautiful, ugly, tremendous, and peculiar. Your kids aren't as straight and narrow as you think they are, like everybody else. I've been a cute little girl. No, you haven't. Uh, and a gender non-conforming young adult. Let me tell you, everywhere along that spectrum, I've been complicated and strange. Yeah, you're, that last part, you've been complicated and strange is correct. But like everything else here is pretty incorrect. And yes, we do correct. Plus the whole like, oh, there's no innocent victims. What does that even mean? Like when I say, oh yeah, victims can be flawed. Like I'm talking about women like Amber Heard who like fight back or whatever. Those women, are they quote unquote perfect victims? No, because the perfect victims like, yeah, women who don't fight back, women who, you know, it's like a sort of like, Savannah, do you want to comment on this? I mean, we can keep going. So the 1973 horror flick, The Exorcist is my favorite snapshot of the cultural place of white says little girls. In the film, a little girl with a single mother is possessed by the devil. From another perspective, the little girl is actually exploring her sexuality, masturbation, and so on, and her own demons meanness, right? Doesn't she literally stab her vagina with a cross in that movie? Like, that's sexual violence. Obviously, white men from the church have to be brought in to save her since her single mom can't do it alone. I think they brought in a priest, but uh, what if instead of moving from the exorcist model of little girlhood, we move from a place that acknowledges that no one is the perfect pure flower that can be corrupted, that everyone is once capable of receiving and enacting violence, including little girls, that we all give and receive violence to varying degrees. That is not a fairy tale. No one is purely good or evil. Look around. There are no princesses. I'm like, yeah, no, Elok, Vaidmenon. Like we have safeguarding around children because children don't shit. This person trying to like victim blame, like, little girls yeah that's exactly what's happening they're basically sexualizing children sexualizing little girls basically trying to assert that adult men and little girls have the same amount of agency and responsibility which is crazy yeah there's like some so much like darvo victim blaming like yeah like say oh she wanted it you know she was asking for it kind of like implications it's such a dirty gross sentence right and so yeah we're gonna make the fucking fun out of a loc, you know, yeah, we're going to roast this person. There's a lot of discussion about like how male people or people who are assigned male at birth, how we view it and who decide later on to transition to either fully transition to women or become some kind of gender non-conforming male with the prona- binary pronouns or non-binary pronouns that a look fade men in is. But I think everyone should be in agreement that it's not appropriate to sexualize little girls in this manner and also to try to take away quote-unquote little girls innocence to uh, give more leeway for a grown adult men that's crazy and say that like we have to deconstruct the idea that we should safeguard children for the benefit of gross men who want to cross-dress so sorry you were mad about that we don't apologize yeah, I want to be very clear. We do not apologize for making fun of Alok. And uh, thank you for canceling. And I hope you have a lovely day. This is where the train stops and we part ways. Because I kind of hate when I see women do this because I'm like, oh, you're going to get grifted a lot. Yeah. By men. <laughs> because I'm like, this is pretty. There's a lot of things that are like, okay, you may not be- see it coming. But like, if you don't see the grift for what it is when it comes pertains to this person, then I question your judgment on honestly everything. Yeah. 
So die mad. Um, <laughs> send us more of your complaints <laughs> to our Patreon. Send us more complaints for managerial review. Questions, roast discroats, queen shits, narcissists, whatever you want to do. Sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. And you can submit your own to be read aloud on the podcast on a future episode episode. You can also discuss this episode if you want to roast us on the website <laughs> too, on thefemaledatingstrategy.com. You can visit the forum at thefemaledatingstrategy.com forward slash forum. Also check us out on Twitter at femdatstrat and on our Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy. Thanks for listening, queens. And if your scrub was built like Fozzie Bear, feel free to cancel. Die bad. <laughs>